Greetings and welcome to the Take One Security Podcast. My name is Daniel Meisler and this podcast is me reading and commenting on InfoSec headlines all in one take. There will be no preparation, no editing, very little post-production. Goals is to simply give people a way to audibly consume security news with a bit of analysis in less than 15 minutes. Today is February 17th, 2015, and let's get started. So Ukrainian banks were hacked for up to $1 billion. <clears throat> it was sort of announced uh, last week. Uh, so uh, Brian Krebs actually reported on this around December. Uh, he didn't actually talk about the size of the hack, but he did mention that there was a hack um, it was called by a different name, but you can go back and look on Brian Krebs' website in December, and he did talk about this. And he just did a post yesterday sort of clarifying that it was the same thing he was talking about. But obviously now we know more about it, and it's a bigger deal. So uh, really interesting. Basically what happened was um, the attackers installed malware on a bunch of bank admin machines using phishing. And they extracted somewhere between like $750 million and like a billion dollars. So pretty serious hack. <clears throat> um, it's really messed up because how are they going to get that money back, right? I don't think they have anything like an FDIC. So like, the people might actually be out of that money, um, which is just really sad considering everything else that's going on in the Ukraine right now with Russia. <clears throat> So uh, Mark Burnett released 10 million password combinations in his 10 million password project. Uh, it was a really interesting post when he put it out. He basically started by saying, here are the passwords, but also was a whole lot of throat clearing around why it was okay for, he thought it was okay for him to do this. And I, I agree with what he was saying, but he's basically trying to make it very clear that he's a good guy and not a bad guy. And there are good reasons to do this sort of thing, uh, basically to not get in any sort of legal trouble. Um, what I did as part of the Seclist project, which is uh, a project that myself and uh, a friend of mine, Jason Haddix, run on GitHub, uh, the Seclist project is basically a collection of um, passwords, usernames, d different types of lists that security people could use. In fact, uh, I just retagged it as the security testers companion. But uh, what we did was we took Mark Burnett's list <clears throat> and removed the usernames. So it's not a username to password mapping. We just took the, the passwords and sorted them again, sorted and unique by uh, you know prevalence, and then broke those up into three different uh, lists, which um, uh, Steve Crapo and Charlie Campbell actually helped out with, so appreciate that. And I think we have three broken down lists, maybe four, it could be up to five, that I just posted up there to Seclist. So be sure to check those out if you want to get a really good list of uh, passwords. So uh, Jeb Bush leaked personal data uh, in a bunch of emails that he released. So basically, he was trying to do the, uh, the whole transparency thing and probably thought he was earning some points there. Uh, but privacy isn't supposed to be transparent. It, it was the operation of the government that's supposed to be transparent. So there was 
some confusion on that point, I think. Uh, basically, what happened was he said, hey, look, I want to make it clear, you know, what kind of correspondence was coming in and how I was responding. So let me just release all these emails. Not realizing that people would send in their their personal information. They're like, hi, I'm Joe Smith. I live at this address. This is my date of birth. Oh, and by the way, here's my social security number. Well, he just went and released all those emails with all that data in it. Um, and there were evidently thousands of socials and dates of birth and all that kind of stuff. So pretty bad uh, mark on, on his part there. Uh, some reports coming out about the Anthem breach that it could have been Heartbleed, which is pretty uh, disturbing uh, in that it, it should have been pretty easy to find and, and fix. But uh, who, who really knows if it was Heartbleed or if Heartbleed was just part of it. Um, they're also saying it, it was likely China, um, which I talked about on last week's podcast. Basically, China trying to go after a large number of accounts, <clears throat> looking for people who could be federal um, or government related so you could possibly use the same credentials to get into some government accounts. But like I said on a previous podcast, like who really knows, right? You, you have to go by who has the data and you either have conjecture or you have a, a solid theory based on evidence and they, <clears throat> they might match, but you shouldn't confuse one with the other, right? So kind of really important thing to remember there. Um, you just, uh, so Rich Mogul is talking about this as well. Um, and same with, uh, Richard Baelick. So if you don't know, if you don't have the data about what's really going on, then maybe you could say things like, maybe it looks like this, or maybe it looks like that. But when you start throwing stones at people saying, I, I have better idea than you do about what the, what's going on, especially someone like the FBI who actually does have data. It's, uh, it's pretty ridiculous looking. So HP releases a home security systems report. So this is uh, coming out of my team, actually, full disclosure there. So uh, I run a research team within HP, and uh, we took a look at 10 different IoT devices. It's our second such report. Our first one was on multiple different types of IoT systems, uh, sprinklers and uh basically TVs and, and thermostats and scales and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, and what we did this time was look at 10 home security systems that are IoT based, which means they hook up to a mobile app. They connect so that's to it a, for this episode. Hope it's been thing. worth your time. And uh, find what these we found as well as more info was, was pretty incredible. We found that 10 out of 10 were vulnerable to account harvesting meaning that they had a combination of guessable usernames, weak password policy, and no account lockout, which means we could just brute force and brute force, um, of course, combined with the fact that most have default passwords and that sort of thing. But you can basically extract user information, um, get the accounts, and then just hook up the mobile app. Now you can monitor and control these security systems remotely, uh, which we thought was pretty interesting and that reports out there uh on the tubes if you want to go find it so darpa uh dark web search engine uh this is really interesting stuff darpa continues to do some uh really interesting stuff uh, for anyone not familiar 
DARPA is basically the arm of the government that is responsible for research that improves our military. So it, they're supposed to keep our military out ahead of everyone else's. Um, and of course, they created the internet um, or did the initial research that led to the internet. And uh, they're continuing on. Uh, so they're talking about this dark web search engine. So basically, somewhere between 99% and 25% of the entire internet is not indexed by Google. There's a sort of wide variance there. People are just uh, in, a, in disagreement about how, how much is indexed and how much isn't. But whatever is not indexed, they want to find a way to go and find that content and index that. Uh, some of the examples would be things uh, hidden behind Tor services, for example, uh, which is just sounds like a really interesting project. They're also talking about the transhumanism project, which is basically piping data directly into the brain. Supposedly, they have uh, people who are willing to do that and already getting the brain surgery and stuff like that. So really interesting stuff. Um, a bit scary, but interesting as well. Um, so Obama is creating a new threat intelligence agency. So he was here in the Bay Area last week um, and did that cybersecurity summit and uh, b basically announced this program where he would uh, unify the tracking of threats across the entire government. He was also looking to partner with private industry as well um, on that pro program. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Anthem and cyber insurance. So the Anthem breach obviously was very large. Um, what's really interesting about this is that <clears throat> they might have had up to $200 million in cyber insurance. And uh, it's not that that's going to cover their uh, their issue because they're already getting sued, you know, here and there and the credit protection and all that. So it's not going to not the fact that it's going to cover the uh, the uh, incident. But what it will do is tell us how useful cybersecurity insurance is. <clears throat> It'll be really interesting to see if they buy another policy afterwards, after the whole cleanup takes place, you know, six months, a year from now. Um, do they buy another policy? Do other people buy another policy or buy a policy of their own because they like what happened with Anthem? Or does the industry sort of die because it turns out not to be useful at all? Um, so it's it'll just be kind of a, uh, a landmark case in whether or not, you know, it's useful, whether or not it's worth purchasing. So uh, another thing that happened last week, Facebook lets you pick who manages your account when you die. Um, morbid, but useful, I imagine. Uh, they also started their own threat sharing program, uh, which is interesting with the timing from the uh, the Obama stuff with the cybersecurity summit and uh, Uber uh, basically lost their uh, lost and found database. Actually, they didn't lose it. They just put it online and other people were looking at the contents without authenticating. Um, so it wasn't that it was lost. It's just too many people found it. Um, basically, if you lose something in an Uber, they know who you were, right? Assuming they can, they find it before someone else gets in. So if you have sunglasses or a camera or your phone or whatever, they can say, this is associated with this person. Well, they have this database of these things uh, online 
and people were just coming and taking a look at it uh and they found it and they fixed it so it's it's fixed now but there was uh out there for a period of time all right so that's it for this episode hope it's been worth your time you can find these headlines as well as more infosec philosophy and politics content at danielmiesler.com